Hey there, this is Katie Brinkley, and you're listening to Rocky Mountain Marketing. This podcast is all about helping Colorado-based small business owners, entrepreneurs, and professionals discover the strategies and systems that take their marketing to all new heights. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to Rocky Mountain Marketing. My guest today is Veronica Sofer. Veronica is an award-winning visibility strategist with more than 20 years experience in public relations. She works with entrepreneurs and business owners who are ready to scale their brand with a strong visibility strategy to garner national media placement. Veronica knows that that strategic media placement legitimizes you and your brand as an expert in your area. Veronica, I am so pumped to have you on the show today because I think a lot of people might hear that intro and say, oh man, I, you mean I need to have a, a visibility strategist for my brand? So I think that this is going to be a great conversation and people are going to find a lot of value from what you have to say today. So welcome so much to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We'll start. I like to have my guests tell us a little bit about their background, where they started from, where they grew up. So tell us a little bit about your, your history growing up. Yeah, I'm from Texas. Um, our family's originally from the Midwest. We're from Kansas, technically the High Plains, so um, which is a little bit different than the Midwest, but we're from the High Plains. I come from a family full of entrepreneurs and professionals and uh, people who are really focused on community and servant leadership. And so those are some of the values that were instilled in me moving through my youth. I got into public relations as soon as I got to college. I was either going to be a lawyer or a journalist because that's pretty much how my family operated. We have a family full of journalists and, lawyer, uh, and lawyers. Uh, very quickly, I realized that while I loved journalism, when I was covering the Oklahoma City bombing, because I went to school in North Texas, which was pretty close to Oklahoma City, I realized that I wasn't sure that the day-to-day crises was for me. So being able to help craft the information and tell the story was really where I found my passion. So by the time I graduated, I knew that's where I wanted to be. So I ended up graduating from the University of North Texas with a degree in public relations. And from there, I went into finance and then public health and then public education. So I've got more than 20 years experience in the field and I have loved every moment of it. Storytelling is really at the heart of who I am and I'm a connector. So when I can do both at the same time, I'm living my purpose. Well, how do you think, I mean, I know you kind of touched on it a little bit there, but how do you think that your upbringing, you know, affected your eventual career journey? You know, I have a passion for telling the unique stories of where people come from, uh, how their values are formed and how they make an impact in the world. You know, for, for example, one, uh, one set of grandparents were very politically active. My grandfather was the first Hispanic mayor of the very small town we're from in Kansas, He was uh, active in the military, as was all six of his brothers. And um, public service was really just embedded in who I am. And so when I got to see how people were using those experiences in their lives, I always make sure that that's part of the stories that I tell for them. And then the other side of my family was very entrepreneurial. My other set of grandparents had the one of the only Mexican food restaurants in our small town in Kansas. They were friendly, they were engaging, they knew everyone in town, everyone in town knew them. And I loved that communal sense of supporting other businesses. And so that was something that I bring to my business as well. Now, I think that you've, you've mentioned a couple of times, you love the story. And I think that a lot of people might over, they might say, oh, well, I don't have a story. There's nothing special about me. I'm just like everyone else. But I think that that's something that you really kind of 
help bring out with, with all of your clients. Talk to us a little bit about what exactly is personal branding and, and what you do for your clients. Well, that's a really great question. You know, people don't think that they're unique or that they've got something to celebrate and, and they do. We all do. And you need to really make sure that you're working with a team or a professional that can help you tap into that so that you can stand out from the crowd. So when you think about your personal branding, your branding, just like a company or a corporation, is your promise. Who you are, your value system, the expectation people can have for you on, on how you conduct yourself and, and how you do business. And so you really need to invest in those questions about how people can support getting to know you and how you can support them in understanding who you are. And at the end of the day, it's not just your colors, your, your color palette or the fonts that you use. It's all of it combined. It's the impression. It's the words you use. It's the colloquialisms that you use. And it all has to be aligned to the values that you're bringing for your company. You know, I love that you brought up that it's not just the fonts and the colors because for social media and, and what I do, I mean, that's part of it. But I, when I start with a new client, I have an hour-long conversation with them to hear how, you know, if, if they say, right? all the time or, or how they talk with somebody. And I try, because if I'm writing for a client, I have to make sure that I incorporate that into their captions and kind of try to bring out their personality through text and through pictures. Now, who would you say needs a personal brand? I mean, I think that a lot of people might say like, oh, well, my business doesn't need a personal brand. I mean, I, I have a logo. I want to be considered an agency. Talk to us about who needs a personal brand. Honestly, anyone with a visible presence. I mean, this goes, you know, when you think about um, a car salesman, when you think about an insurance agent, a realtor, those are people who traditionally have a personal brand and, and you, you, they might sponsor the local baseball team. And so they've got their logo everywhere, but it's also managers and leaders and leaders of organizations. So doctors and their medical practices, they need a personal brand. There are lots of orthopedic surgeons out there. And if you're one that wants to be set apart from everyone else in the competition, your personal brand needs to reflect what sets you apart from other orthopedic surgeons. Maybe it's your bedside manner. Maybe it's your practice's commitment to the community or to sustainability or some value that you hold. Any leader, when you think about maybe a, a school, for example, a principal, they have their personal brand right? You're going to be the fun, playful principal, or you're going to be the super serious principal. That can be used in, in any space and in any industry. So generally as a leader, you're going to want to make sure you are investing in your brand. And I loved that you touched on um, our speech and our voice. I'm in Texas and we say y'all, and you'll hear people say howdy. And that's a part of the brand. And if, if you're in New York, that's probably not going to play so well. So you're going to want to make sure that you have identified what makes you, you, what you're willing to put forth and let be vulnerable to the world, and then just own it, own every part of it and go for it. So how, I, I love that you said you have to own it and be you. How do you get people to come out of their shell and embrace the fact that they are their brand? You know, that's a really great question. And I think for some people, it's a struggle because they're not clear on how transparent social media is and how transparent the world is now. You know, maybe 20 years ago, you could get away with not having a personal brand and not being so prominent. 
But with social media, whether you like it or not, someone can Google your name and find images of you or find quotes from you, maybe in an article or on a social media post. So the sooner you come to terms with the fact that you've got a digital footprint, the more successful you're going to be. And I think having the right person supporting you with your social media and your social assets, is going to really be helpful. So talk to us a little bit about how you, you help people with their visibility, how you help them get their personal brand out there. I mean, we touched on social media and thank you for doing that because I mean, that's my jam, but what other tools do you use to help someone and your clients gain visibility as their brand? So certainly social media is a huge part of that, but we also tap into traditional media, which includes newspaper articles, radio appearances, it could be magazine posts, any of those traditional ways that people get visibility with media. Then non-traditional seems to be just as effective for many of my clients. And that includes podcast appearances, virtual summit appearances, guest blogging, any of those kinds of things really rounds out the visibility strategy. Now, some people are going to be more focused if they're solely on the online space, or if more people are focused on the brick and mortar, we might focus more on Google ads or something like that. But at the end of the day, you really need a balance that complements all of it because people are going to be attracted to you and your services if they trust that you've got a presence everywhere. So if you're a brick and mortar professional service provider and you don't have a website, they're going to question your credibility. They're going to question whether you're a, you know, fly by night kind of a business or something like that. So you're going to want to make sure that you're diversified, just like you are with your investments, because people are going to do their due diligence and they're going to research you and try to find out exactly what you're like online versus in person and vice versa. So I always encourage my online entrepreneurs and service providers to also make sure that they're engaging in their community with some sort of presence in a traditional sense when, when they can. You know, and you brought up guest blogging. And I think that a lot of people might say, wait, what do you mean? I, I have a blog. I'm writing a blog for my website. Why would I want to write a blog for someone else's? Talk to us a little bit about why that is important. Well, you know, there's a couple of schools of thought. Number one, it's just great to share services and get introduced to a warm audience already. So for instance, if you invite me to write a blog, I will certainly do so with content that I think will be very beneficial to your audience. But then also with the support of you providing a backlink to my website. And if there's a backlink and you use key terms that are complementary to my key terms, it's just going to improve both of our SEOs. And those are search engine optimization opportunities. And when people are Googling our businesses, it will just improve that SEO placement. And we ultimately both want to be on the front page of a Google search. So all of those kinds of technical tips are helpful for blog guest blogging. And likewise, I would, of course, celebrate on social media the opportunity to support your blog. And that just really opens the door for warm audiences. The other thing I try to tell people is that it just opens the door for more collaborations. So maybe in the future, you liked what I did, or I liked what you did. And then we're brainstorming a future project, like maybe a virtual summit. And it's just an automatic collaboration because we are already comfortable with each other's work and we know the quality of it. And when you can do that and really create synergistic relationships for other business owners, they're going to want to be inclined to work with you moving forward. You've been doing this for over 20 years now. And I think that it's, that's something where people might say like, man, I feel like the personal branding side of it has just started. How have you been doing this for 20 years? But it's, it's stuff that you probably 
I haven't even really thought about like, oh yeah, like with book, getting booked on, on television shows or getting booked for on podcasts or radio shows. And that's what you've been able to help your clients with over the past 20 years. So I want to know, you know, how have you seen things change with the emergence of, of social media and Instagram and everyone having a platform to talk on now? I think there's a way to balance it all. And so what I have seen happen to some of my clients is they get really overwhelmed with all the platforms. And that's when we really work on their leadership. And we talk about what it means to manage a business, to be a project manager and to delegate. Because I think what happens is we get overwhelmed and we just want to throw our hands up and say, forget it. I'm not doing this Twitter thing. I'm not doing this clubhouse thing. It's too much. I can't be everywhere all the time. So when you can build a team that can help you with that, and when you can realize that one set of content can be repurposed and repackaged in multiple ways from multiple mediums, then it be, no longer becomes such a cumbersome task. And I think taking a deep breath, learning what it is you want to learn. And if you don't want to learn social media, you don't have to learn social media. But if, if it's something you want to learn, there are lots of resources in which you can learn it. Otherwise, delegate it. Delegate it out because when you ask what I have seen happen is for those people who are unwilling to either delegate it or who are unwilling to learn it, they miss opportunities because the reality is most of business is happening online, especially during COVID. People aren't going to go to your website, look at your contact page, and then drop down and then pick up a phone and then dial that number. That is just way too many steps. If I can go straight to your Instagram or your Facebook, I'm just going to send you a DM. It's so much faster that way. I don't have time for it. And the ability to, to do business that way is really a step in the right direction. So I encourage all my clients to move towards that, even if they're not comfortable with it or find someone who is. So I'm, I'm so glad that you brought up how people are networking. I loved what you said with just sliding right on into their DMs to, to get in touch with them. You don't go to the contact page on the website anymore. And, you know, with the emergence of Clubhouse, it's been connections are being made even faster than ever before. Well, I'd love to just hear your thoughts on networking and how you encourage your, your clients to do it the right way. There really is no wrong way, except with, with the caveat of being not being authentic. That's really the only wrong way to do it. If you try to create some sort of persona, some type of person or character that you think people want to connect with, it's just not going to work. People can see right through it, whether you're engaging on Facebook or even more so in Clubhouse. Because if you think about it, our voice, our, the way we pronounce words, our affect, all of those things, the inflictions of our words, they, people can interpret it and they know when they are dealing with someone on a genuine level. So there's really no wrong way to network except to be inauthentic. What I tell people all the time is tap into your natural resources. Are you funny? Are you, do you have a funny cadence? Do you have a high squeaky pitched kind of mousy voice? Take advantage of what it is that you have and tap into it, own it, and then genuinely be who you are. I like to start right off the bat with how I help people and who I am and the things that I value. And if we're not a good fit for each other, that's perfectly okay. I can introduce you to someone else who is, and that person's probably going to refer business back to me. And the other thing I tell people is not to be afraid. There's really not a space for fear inside of all of this. I know plenty of introverts who are killing it right now with networking, especially during COVID. And Clubhouse has just opened the world. And I want to say too, you mentioned how fast Clubhouse is taking off and, and how fast people are connecting. 
it is really just phenomenal to watch the galactic speed at which people are creating networks on Clubhouse. My business has just boomed since being on Clubhouse. And what I love most is I'm making genuine connections with people that I want to do business with henceforth. So I encourage everyone to just trust your gut, do what you're comfortable doing, but don't be fearful and don't let fear stop you. Man, that's a powerful statement right there. And if, if you guys are not on Clubhouse, check it out. It, right now, it's, it is for iPhone only. Um, it's still in beta mode, but um, if you're an iPhone user and you have not heard about it, check it out in the Apple, Apple App Store. So I want to just kind of talk a little bit about you being an entrepreneur and a business owner. I know we talked about Clubhouse a lot and how it has been huge for you gaining new clients and new prospects. But what other marketing tips or, or tricks or tactics have you found to, to be successful for you? The other thing that has worked really, really well is picking up a phone. Picking up a phone because there are still some people, some decision makers, I should say, producers, editors, assignments editors who are old school, who don't have social media apps on their phone. They may even still have a flip phone. There are some people still living in that world and we can't ignore them. So some other things that I have done that have been really successful is literally picking up a phone, calling a newsroom and saying, hey, I've got a great client who provides XYZ service. And I know based on your uh, readership that they would really enjoy learning and would appreciate some context on this resource, especially in light of COVID. So the other thing I would say, and another tip is always try to relate it to some current event or maybe something that's politically challenging for that community right then and there. Try to find a key connector that will have the assignments editor or the person making the decision say, hmm, yeah, go ahead and send it to me. Let me take a look at it. When that happens, it's just easily nine out of 10, I get a hit. And, and I'm old school sometimes and I just pick up a phone and call and business is still done that way. That's awesome. So if, before we wrap things up today, is there any final piece of advice? If you're, if someone's listening to this and they're like, yeah, I still don't know if I really need a personal brand. I mean, I just am a florist or I, I just, am, I just started up this company, uh, this, this graphic design company. I don't, do I really need to have a personal brand? What would you say to them? I would say absolutely you need a personal brand, whether or not you're a book author, a florist, a realtor, even if you're just starting a housekeeping service, you need a personal brand because people need to know who you are, what you're about and what your promise is. So if you're, if you just lost your big corporate job and you've got two or three friends who get all their stress out by cleaning houses and you've rounded them up and you're going to start a cleaning business, you've got to have a promise of who you are. And so whether you're going door to door or just putting ads in on Facebook or on your local neighborhood community forum, you need a brand, you need a promise and people need to be able to very quickly assess whether or not it's you're someone they want to connect to. So I don't discount the fact that people question it, but I would encourage them to be creative and identify what makes them unique, what makes them special. You know, that example I just gave, if that happened to me and I needed to make mortgage for the next month, because I was already a month behind, I'd grab my professional friends and say, we're going to go clean houses. We're going to get all of our stress out. We're going to get all of our steps in and we're going to make some cash. My brand would be corporate women take a break and we'll clean your house just to get our steps in. I mean, it, it's, it's unique. It's a little different. And someone might be like, 
wow, okay, well, they're probably sure they probably are bonded. Yeah, they probably have references. Let me call them. So there's an opportunity for lots of creativity. And if you're not super creative, you know someone who is. So make sure you hire them and bring them on board to find to help you find your message. I love it. And 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 you know you you've brought up so many good points today and I think that one of the biggest takeaways for this for our episode it would be don't be shy. Don't be afraid to just be you because especially on social media, you know, if you show up, put your face out there, say I am the brand and just start posting and making those connections, people are going to feel like they know, like, and trust you. They're going to want to do business with you. They're going to respect you. Don't hide behind the logo and just really try and, and be authentically you because that is what people are going to want to buy and sell from. That's exactly right. Well, this has been such a great conversation. Where can we find out more about you and your business online? If someone has some questions for you about, yeah, you know, maybe I do need a personal brand. Where can they find you? You can definitely check me out on my website, which is Veronica V. Sofer, S-O-P-H-E-R. People always ask me about that last name. It's a P-H, not an F. So Veronica V. Sofer. Dot com And I'm also on Facebook, uh, same thing, Instagram, same thing, Veronica V. Sofer and Clubhouse. So you can find me there. And then I also have a great group on Facebook where we drop tidbits and I have a, a video show that I do every Saturday. I interview reporters, visibility people, branding experts, marketing experts. And so that's a great place to get tips. So come join our community on Facebook. It's managing your message with media. So make sure you check that out and um, I'll provide you a link so you can share with the listeners. Awesome. Thank you again so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. As always, I'd love to hear from you. You can visit my website at www.nextstepsocialcommunications.com or connect with me on LinkedIn. Just look for Katie Brinkley. Let's keep taking your marketing to new heights. Thank you.